Coming up on the Wax Podcast, more conference basketball, more down-to-the-wire finishes. We'll have a recap. The NWSL draft is today. We'll have a little bit of a preview there. Seattle U has a new volleyball coach. Plus, we had plenty of women's basketball exciting action. I was in Phoenix for the NCAA convention. You won't want to miss those stories and more on the WAC Podcast. Down, down, down. This WAC Podcast is brought to you by our friends at University Credit Union, the official financial institution partner of the Western Athletic Conference. Well, well, well. We are now 12 days into 2024. Have you accomplished all that you've wanted to do? Are you on the right foot? Do you feel like your goals are on the right track to being met? We're 12 days. We're 12 pages into our book of 365. You talking New Year's resolutions, Kendra? I'm talking New Year's resolutions. I mean, one of my resolutions beat Kendra to work every day, which kind of set the bar low. Oh, well, I did be <laughs> coming off the top rope. Um, oh, gosh. You know, you I, had, I had a few yeah, that I think are still standing, and I've been uh, trying to do some ongoing things like drinking no soda was one of them. Ah, uh, okay. You know, a few things uh, health-wise trying to, to improve on, but uh, so far so good. Did you have resolutions yourself? Of course, you know, I don't, I don't do them, you know, like sit down, maybe one day I will, but you know, I got general things. Uh, so, you know, so far, so far, so good. Can't reveal any of them until they're successful. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so one of the things we wanted to point out, uh, so Brett Tanner, we had uh, some clips on, on the road to Wack Vegas show, which debuted on Thursday, did an interview with him. There's a little choppiness, if you will, to the interview. Uh, due to, you know, internet connection. But uh, one of the things, and we didn't actually have a recording of it, Coach Tanner said he listens to the WAC podcast every single week when he's on the treadmill. Work it out. Yeah, shout out to Coach Tanner. We know you got a, a busy schedule, and we love that you make time and listen to the WAC podcast. We love that. Coach Tanner, hello. Hope your workout is going well today. Hope you're feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> And Abilene Christian, they played GCU men's basketball. That was Thursday night. So I happen to be in, let's, let's back up before we get into all the men's basketball and women's oh, yeah. basketball talk. I was in Phoenix this week. Yes. Uh, the NCAA convention was there, attended the conference communicators meeting, which uh, each conference, all 32 of the division one conferences send a representative or most of them, you know, were there. And uh, we get to, you know, interact with one another, kind of talk about some common issues, maybe some solutions to problems that uh, maybe other conferences have come up with. So a lot of fun there. And also uh, I had a chance to uh, listen to Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, came to our group, which at the time was about 20, 22 people. It's a pretty intimate gathering uh, to see the president. Uh, we didn't know he was coming, wasn't on the rundown. It was kind of a surprise thing because I was looking at the rundown. I'm like, hmm, this is a two-hour meeting, and this seems like about, about 45 minutes worth of stuff here. Uh, ah. So very cool to to see him. Obviously, there's a lot going on with the NCAA uh, in the news a, a lot recently in terms of what, what's happening with Division one, what's going to happen with college football, what's going to happen with the power five conferences, now the power four conferences. So to to have him take, you know, 30, 45 minutes out of his time during convention week when he's, you know, in demand, what was a was a really cool thing to hear him speak. 
Yeah, very cool. Very busy guy. I wanted to make sure that, you know, you had said that he was uh, in the communications field a long time ago, so he can definitely relate to, to a lot that's happening. And maybe you guys can provide some insight to him, maybe. I think that was part of it, too. And he enjoys hearing from the constituency on how we view things. And he's a two-term governor of Massachusetts. So he's he's a politician. He looks, I mean, you see him walk into a room, you're like, you know, that, that guy's somebody can just, you know, some people have that presence and he's one of those type of people. So it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out with the NCAA in the, in the next few uh, weeks, years, uh, decades, if you will. Uh, the following day, we had a guest speaker uh, by the name of Ross Dellinger, who's the senior college sports writer for Yahoo Sports and talked about his journey to that position and and some of the things he encounters. And he he did reference that uh, the work-life balance thing that that a lot of us share, you know, when you're in college sports and, and games are at night and on the weekends and and then you have your normal, you know, 40-hour work week during the week and and just trying to, how, how do you balance that with family and with, with things like that? And he said he was on the ski slopes and he's texting and he's thinking, what am I doing? But, you know, that was his, that's his job. And he says, you just never know when something like where Nick Saban's going to announce his retirement. That was right. at 8 a.m. Four hours later, Nick Saban announces his retirement. Was it coinky-dinky or did he know something? That will forever be the question because could he have had an inside source or was he just? He did cover the SEC for a long time and Herb Vincent, I was at the same table with him, the SEC uh, communications director. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things, but I mean, but you think if he had it, he probably would have broke the story, right? Right. That's true. Maybe he got it from a source. He wasn't allowed to break the story or was unconfirmed. He had a gut feeling, an inkling. <laughs> Cause to use that as a reference, Hey, that was, uh, that was pretty incredible, but yeah, a lot of good stuff there. And then had an opportunity to go over to Grand Canyon university since we we're in Phoenix with commissioner Thornton shot our next commission on campus episode. And, Got to uh, spend some time with Gabe McLaughlin, the outstanding basketball player for GCU. And I mean, that's an understatement because he he is just a very impressive student athlete. He was a mechanical engineering major, got his degree in that. Now in the, or the uh, uh, Divinity Studies at GCU, just a, a very thoughtful person, just uh, very charismatic. And uh, one, one of those people that's a lot of fun to be around also Kristen Fifield, one of the most outstanding softball players we've had in the WAC, certainly in the last decade, probably the best uh, softball player in the history of GCU. So Commissioner Thornton also got to spend some time with her. So look forward to putting those together in the next uh, couple of months. Very exciting as we look forward to hearing those stories. We already had the Utah Valley Episode one of Commission on Campus debut. So that's very exciting. A lot of fun content coming your way. And we have some exciting uh, things happening today. The uh, NWSL draft is at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we have some potential student athletes that, that there are some talk that could potentially go high up in, in the draft this year. Yeah, certainly Gianna Gorley is probably on the top of that list and not, not the only name on the list, but I know there's been a, a lot of talk about her uh, going into the NWSL and what her draft stock uh, might look like. 
I know Chris Sissel, the uh, friend of the program here, friend of the WAC podcast, has uh, speak, spoken very highly of her and what he thought her chances would be to be a professional player. Uh, certainly was the, the best player in the WAC uh, the past year and, and probably over the past few years and, and going back, you know, one of the best all time in the WAC. So it'll be exciting to see uh, where she gets picked, hoping that she gets picked and have some other players from the WAC uh, have that opportunity to play professionally. Absolutely. We'll be keeping an eye out all night and we'll be posting on social media, retweeting if we see some of our athletes get picked. And yeah, Gianna Gurley definitely has has one of the best chances. I mean, just her stats and what she was able to do in the league the past couple of years have been so impressive. She's a Marlene Shimmer uh, take two version. I don't want to say that, you know, just a, another version because their games are a little bit different, but they both are really, really strong attackers and just seems like Chris Sissel knows how to coach those players up and get them ready for that next level. Also, volleyball, Seattle U has a new coach uh, as they have uh, yeah, that handy <laughs> chance. Dan Benke. <laughs> who comes from St. Martin's University in the GNAC, Great Northwest Athletic Conference Division Two. So, Seattle U, uh, a prime spot there right in downtown Seattle and uh, has an opportunity to, to take over that program. And and certainly they've had success in the past, maybe not as recently, but uh, maybe under Coach Benke, they get things rolling again. Absolutely. He seems like a, a good fit for the program, even just looking at some of the things that he's done uh, for the community over the past stops that he's made over his career. He, he spent basically 14 years serving youth and families and social services. So he actually won an award back in 2008, Champions for Children Award recognition and changing lives in the greater Austin community. So right over here, a couple hours away from us in Austin, Texas as well. So that's very cool. We're excited to see what Seattle U has, but you know what? It's basketball time. We're going to switch gears, shall we? You like that transition? Switching I, I over to basketball because today's Friday, shooting this on a Friday now with our new schedule that we have with our Road to Whack Vegas show. So we have a big slate of conference games that happened last night, a lot of upsets, a lot of close ones. And uh, what better way to, to start this conversation than – starting with the uh, game in overtime. How about we go to Seattle U or go to UTRGV where Seattle U was at last night. The Caros picking up their first conference win, I believe, of the year, 81-80 in overtime. I mean, man, what a matchup that was. We've talked about it for several weeks on the show, Kendra, that UTRGV is a team that was better than their record. And we've seen them in these down-to-the-wire finishes several times now where they've hit and hit near buzzer beaters only to come back and have a buzzer beater beat them. That happened twice in league play. It happened at Abilene Christian last week. It happened against uh, Tarleton as well, where Tarleton hit a buzzer beater. They're on the right end of the buzzer beater this time uh, as UTRGV gets that win in OT. It was Hassan Abdul-Hakim hitting the winner with one second to go. And UTRGV finally gets off that uh, that Schneid and and gets that W that uh, maybe they they should have had a few more coming into this. Yeah, maybe this is what opens the floodgates for them. They were up 37-35 at half and were able to pull it out in overtime. Because if you look at the Vaqueros schedule, I mean, it is crazy just how close these games are. 91-89 loss, seven. Uh, 
that was a bad example. Here we go. 77, 75. You know, there's just so many close matchups and they just can't pull it out in the end. And this one, maybe they put the pieces together. Big win, big confidence boost for Matt Figger's crew against the Seattle U team. That's tough and it's going to be in the upper half of our bracket likely. Very tough. And that's that's always a tough road trip going from Seattle to Edinburgh and vice versa. When they, I think that's the longest distance within the conference. But uh, uh, tip of the cap to UTRGV getting their first one. Alex Schumacher in that game, 25 points for Seattle U on 8 of 12 shooting. Also, the uh, Vaqueros getting all five starters into double figures. So very good game to start off with for the Vaqueros this week. Grand Canyon, I, I mentioned that they were uh, hosting Abilene Christian this week, and they come out on top again, Kendra. They sure do. A 74-64 final, Abilene Christian. You know, we had talked to Brett Tanner, and, you know, he really – they're always so strong defensively, but this year he feels like their defense isn't as – up to par is I think what he would like for the program standard, but their offense seems to be getting some things going, but grand Canyon just power is able to power past. It was really close at halftime, 33, 32. Uh, but man, I mean, when you have time, Grant Foster dropping 24 points, Gabe McLaughlin, 13, Ray Harrison, 10, you know, it's, it's, it seems that grand Canyon now is, you know, they've been able to win games. They've been able to be on top. And then they played Utah Tech and they found themselves in a massive hole. And again, Abilene Christian played them really, really hard. But somehow they find a way to get the job done regardless. You're going to have off shooting nights. You're going to have be playing your best. And they still are able to win. So hats off to them. 15 games now in a row. Playing Graham Foster with 24 points in the victory for GCU. And I think I saw a stat from uh, the great Al Porteous today that – GCU, one of only seven teams in the country with one loss uh, so far this year. So very good elite company for Grand Canyon. Abilene Christian, before we close the book on them, Ali Deba did have 20 points. And when you talked to Brett Tanner this past week, Kendra, I know one of the things he talked about was the tough non-conference schedule they played and, and how that helped get them ready for conference play. And, you know, going into GCU and, I mean, it's a 10 point game, but that's, that's arguably the toughest place to play in the WAC, certainly this year. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we've discussed the habits and the environment and with San Diego state coming to town that got a lot of national attention uh, on the grand Canyon uh, student section, but yeah, hats off to Abilene Christian. I mean, really you have Debo with 20, then you have Leonardo Betil, Betiol, who's there. Uh, he's now a sophomore. I remember last year he had come in and, he was a guy who I did the game that Applin Christian took on Utah Tech, and he really was did a great job. Came in strong, only comes off comes off the bench, but like makes an immediate impact. And Coach Tanner was like, "I guarantee you, if that man is on the floor for you know one minute, he's gonna make a bucket somehow, some way." I feel like he's always <laughs> done it. And now as a sophomore, you know he's playing 28 minutes, got 15 points against Grand Canyon. That's not easy to do. And Arian Simmons then added another 11 points. So a really really tough matchup, but. You know, you got to be proud for Abilene Christian, uh, the way they competed and knowing that they're only going to get better. And, you know, if they face off again later on in the season, might be a different story. Yeah, and, uh, Coach Never Tanner know. did mention that Arian Simmons has been at ACU a long time. He said, not as long as Gabe McLaughlin's been at GCU. But, <laughs> <laughs> both those, those are guys, two guys. Uh, uh, synonymous with their programs. Uh, Gabe did have 13 and eight in the victory. Uh, Duke Brennan, uh, 10 rebounds. So again, a very consistent effort 
by GCU as they continue to impress number 37 in the country in the net rankings. So they continue to climb in that uh, stat as well. UT Arlington versus Utah Valley was the Ken Palm uh, best matchup of the night to going in in the whack. And UT Arlington wins 83 to 69. And, and this is a team, Kendra, that had some questions coming in. Uh, but I think they're getting some more answers here, but they do, uh, they're, they're able to win uh, despite having some injuries as well. I remember when KT Turner, we were at the presser together when he was announced as the head coach. One of the things that he said, he said, my team is going to defend. We are going to be stellar on defense. And you look at this game, they didn't allow Utah Valley to score until 1240 in the first half, holding the, the Wolverines to just 20 points in the opening 20 minutes. If that doesn't say you're defending, I don't know what does. Maybe there are more indications, I'm sure. But 39-20 in the first half, just out. They just came out, guns blazing, shots were falling. And uh, they had a 19-point lead at one point, which was the largest lead at the half against a Division One opponent this year for UTA, but uh, also all, all season. And doing it without Philip Russell, who – has been the team's yeah. leading scorer since he was uh, made eligible in December. Uh, so he did not play last night. So uh, a big win for UTA over Utah Valley, the, the final one, that one being 83 to 69. Utah Tech uh, playing Stephen F. Austin. This was a uh, an eyebrow raiser. We know Utah Tech can be very tough, especially at home in St. George, and they knock off the Lumberjacks 75 to 70. Yeah, what a win for the Trailblazers. I mean, one, they just took on Grand Canyon, and that was a game that we talked about. They were up at 16. They were by 16 points at one point, and then Grand Canyon goes on to win by 10. But, you know, credit to Utah Tech. Noah Gonzalez, one of three returners from last year, with two starters returning, had 18 points, led his team. And then Ahmed Olienka, this the big guy, has proved – himself in some ferocious dunks this season, but he has 15 points. You know, it's all about, you know, how, how they started. And he said, you know, coach John Judkins had mentioned they went on a 14, three run to start the game. And so when that helps, it builds the confidence, you know, our shots are going to be falling. And, you know, that, that was huge for them and pivotal in the win. California Baptist uh, taking on Tarleton. They win 77, 63. So the first loss in conference play, for the Texans this year, CBU, a team coming off a heartbreaking defeat at Seattle U that was a low scoring affair, both teams under 50 points. The Red Hawks hit the buzzer beater and then California Baptist able to bounce back and, and beat a really good Texans team, 77-63. Yeah, credit to California Baptist. Uh, six players were in double figures, a total team effort, and then just absolutely dominating on the glass, 21 Point rebound, 21 rebounds over Tarleton. And I think that's also credit to Rick Croy bringing in some big men in the offseason. We see Udrio, Ivan, Ivan Udriogo, sorry, Ivan Udriago, uh, that came from Grand Canyon. He saw some quality minutes there, but maybe wasn't as active. And he seems to really fit into this Rick Croy system, 14 points. Hunter Goodrick is also a pretty big guy. And he, he put away 14 points as well, our good friend from Australia. Um, but, yeah, credit to credit to California Baptist because it's tough to come off of that that tough heartbreaker in Seattle and put all, put all the pieces back together. 
Things don't get any easier for Tarleton as they now travel to Grand Canyon to play on Saturday. Again, as our conference uh, play uh, indicates, it'll be Thursdays and Saturdays until we get to March. And that's a tough matchup for them, obviously, with GCU being atop the conference. Utah Valley will be at UTRGV. That, that'll be uh, I, I think all these games are very interesting uh, happening this Saturday. Stephen F. Austin at Southern Utah after coming off the tough loss at Utah Tech. Abilene Christian will now be at California Baptist. Again, Abilene Christian just played Grand Canyon last night. Now they play CBU and Riverside. And Seattle U travels to UT Arlington with the Redhawks coming off the tough loss to the Vaqueros. UT Arlington uh, looking pretty good last night. Absolutely. It just seems like each week, you know, we're like, eh, maybe, you know, these are probably our two best games. We'll see. And then it's just all these games are coming down to the wire, being really close and competitive or going away. We didn't think it's very exciting. It's whack play. It sure is. And when we come back, we'll talk some women's hoops on the whack podcast. Stay with us. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan, now talking women's hoops. And Kendra, we had a full slate of action on Thursday night. Let's start in, we're going to start in Nacogdoches. I don't know what we just decided on during the break, but I'm starting in Nacogdoches. (laughs) SFA beating Utah Tech 76 to 67. Lynn Bishop, they they had a setback, one loss. They, They get right back on the horse. They win balanced effort uh, as usual by the Lady Jacks beating Utah Tech and Utah Tech's a team uh, that that, uh, certain nights can shoot the lights out Uh, last night uh, doesn't look like it was one of them Maddie McCord has had some fabulous uh, shooting nights only two of 12 from the field last night Macy Warren five of 16 so the defense for the Lady Jacks getting the job done last night yeah, shooting for the Trailblazers just wasn't uh, wasn't hitting at one point. They were shooting third quarter 17% from the field, three of 17. So when your shots aren't going uh, and you're not getting back and defending against a really powerful, potent Stephen F. Austin, Lady Jack attack, it's, it's going to be a hard night. And still, I mean, it wasn't, you know, played them close. It was... 11 point game, um, you know, Kristen Hart, Kirsten Harden, 15 points again. Zoe Nelson continues to thrive. Um, Tyler call McClement 13 and then Kyla deck also with 11 and right there is destiny Lombard, who has also been really good. And, and you'll see some of the other players on there who, you know, Avery Van Sickle, she picked up 12 minutes. She didn't score, but she's also someone that they have. So they have a pretty deep bench. Um, and, you know, not to discredit Utah Tech, they have four players in double figures as well. But the third quarter, when you have a quarter like that, that you are going three, three of 17, one of eight from three-point land. So 12% from three in the third quarter, it's really hard to uh, to make a comeback there. So just another win for Stephen F. Austin, who was bouncing back from their loss to, to UT Arlington the other night, getting their feet back in the win column and keeping rolling on the season. UTRGV heading up to Seattle U and Lane Lord gets his first whack victory of the season. 84 to 77 in the Emerald City. Charlotte O'Keefe for the Vaqueros, 15 points, 21 rebounds. That is a lot of rebounds. Six of them were offensive, 15 on the defensive glass. So congratulations to Lane Lord on on picking up his first victory on the road, no less, in Seattle. 
Love that for Lane Lord's crew and Charlotte O'Keefe, man, the sophomore is just really coming to her own. We saw a lot of her uh, as a freshman as well. Thought she was going to be a really quality player. And, you know, that's the most rebounds by a Vaquero since 2015, third most rebounds in a single game in program history. And Coach Lord had spoken to us a while ago and they were looking to pick up their first uh, victory of the season. And he's like, we're so close. We have so many injuries this year. It's so hard. Him, I when I spoke with Bill Brock, I was like, you and Lane Lord are in the same boat, basically. You guys are just riddled with injuries, making it hard to get in a rhythm. But man, credit to this team for fighting. You know, you know it's going to come when you work hard and you keep keep the focus. And they finally were able to get it done. Certainly they were, and uh, let's move on to our next game was Grand Canyon at Abilene Christian. Molly Miller's team winning 64-55. to The Erickstrup sisters uh, again playing in that one. Sydney starting in the game this time, 16 points. Laura Erickstrup, who the week before was had the bigger game, she played fewer minutes in this one as uh, they're still uh, trying to overcome a couple injuries to Trinity San Antonio and Tierra Brown, but GCU just keeps on rolling. Yeah, if you're Molly Miller, you got to be happy with the pieces that you have on this squad right now because you're able to go deep into your bench. You don't have Tiara Brown. You don't have Trinity San Antonio. You're playing a different lineup than maybe you would have, still trying to figure it out. And for the first time in five games, the Lopes were down after the half, uh, something that they hadn't experienced in the last you know several contests. We're able to come out with the victory and uh, really secured in that third quarter, 20 points to eight of Abilene Christian. It seems like if teams are struggling or going to have an off, it's that third quarter. And even though they come back strong in the fourth, it doesn't make up for that third quarter deficit. So congratulations to Grand Canyon, who continues to uh, roll undefeated 5-0 and in the WAC. Peyton Hole for the Wildcats scoring 19 points as she continues to have an outstanding year. Yeah, an off night for Bella Earl as she goes 0 for 4 from the field. And that one, again, GCU always uh, leading with that stifling defense of theirs. Tarleton State visiting, or actually hosting California Baptist. Their men visited CBU, and this was a game we had circled, but boy, uh, California Baptist came out firing, and they win this one 89-59. to Yeah, wow, California Baptist, because, you know, when I spoke with Bill Brock, the thing was is if you don't get back in transition defense, you're going to be looking at headlights all night. I know how they run the how fast they like to push the pace. We got to be there. And, you know, with Tarleton State just having so many injuries, it's been so hard for that team to to figure out a way to, to just get in any sort of a rhythm. And California Baptist is absolutely rolling right now as I pull up the box score because I did have the wrong one. Kinsley Barrington, 15 points. Felipe Barros, 14. Let's see how many. One, two, three, four, five, six Lancers in double figures. How about that when you have Chloe Webb with just 11 points and Chloe Lemon with 12? You have four more players that are going to put the ball through the hoop. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, Chloe Webb, uh, very low point total for her in 11, but at 12 rebounds, eight assists, only two assists from having that triple-double, which seems to be all the rage in the WAC this year. Chloe Lemon, our WAC Newcomer of the Week, scores 12 points, a true freshman out of Nebraska. So CBU yes, uh, continues to just play super uh, as we get into conference play, 89-59. Ja'Cory Long, by the way, we had a little uh, feature on her in the Road to WAC Vegas show, 
as she originally was a cheerleader in at Bling College and then walked on to the basketball team. She leads the Texans with 17 points on the night and has proven to be uh, one of their most outstanding players this year. Absolutely. We have one more fantastic matchup on Thursday night. UT Arlington at Utah Valley. Mavericks were on a five-game win streak. They pushed that to six with a 72-64 win. How about Adela Valkova? 20 points, eight rebounds, five blocks, two steals. Stuff that stat sheet. That is a stat sheet stuffer. And uh, how about UTA starting the season one and eight? And they have now won six in a row, as you mentioned, the longest win streak in WAC women's basketball. Avery Brittingham, 17 points, seven rebounds, coming off a triple-double against SFA. Uh, Utah Valley with a couple of players scoring in double figures. But uh, to win in Utah, that's certainly huge for Sharika Wright's club. It's the definition of trust the process. Hey, things might not be working well right now. But just give it some time, keep working hard. And, you know, that's that's credit to Coach Wright and keeping her players bought in the whole season because now it's starting to pay off when it really matters, whack play and moving yourself up in the standings. Well, that does it for uh, this segment, Kendra. When we come back, we'll have your interview with Bill Brock, the Tarleton State women's basketball coach. Been coaching a long time, but this is his first year in the head coach chair. Of course, this is before their a game against CBU last night when you did this interview, but uh, a lot of insight from Coach Brock coming up next. Don't miss it. Whack Vegas is back. The best fans, championship basketball, all in exciting Las Vegas. Join us March 13th through the 16th at the Orleans Arena for the 2024 Hercules Tires Whack Basketball Tournament. Don't miss the crowning of a men's and women's champion. For more information, go to waxsports.com slash Vegas. Why don't you just take me through kind of from your perspective, just the ups and downs of the season as you guys kind of get ready for the second half of the season and really into conference play, your just thoughts and evaluation of how the season's gone so far. Well, I think you could summarize our season right now in two words. It'd be called injuries and inconsistency. And the inconsistency has been because of the injuries. We have had seven players who you could consider possible post players on our squad. And all seven players have missed practice and games this year. And so that's what we're dealing with. We, We just cannot get in any kind of flow. And hopefully that's going to change a little bit. You know, you're always hopefully going to get to the gym. You're going to get to work. You're going to get something positive about someone that's been out. But it's just been a – I've been through numerous seasons where you've had injuries. I know that's part of athletics. But I have never been through a season where so many injuries have happened to the same position. And that's just what's affected us so bad because – we just don't have – we have people with zero experience at that spot anyway. And because we only have three kids coming back from last year, and uh, all of those all of those kids are perimeter players. And uh, so, you know, that's one position. We needed all of our new kids to, to have a chance to develop some kind of chemistry. And it just hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, we've had spurts where we've played okay. Uh, we've had – we have never played a full game yet of what I would think that would just be – we would have played outstanding. And that's because, like I said, of our inconsistency, our injuries, and our inexperience. Now, because of that and because you don't have those post players with experience, have you really had to change the way that you you style your game? I mean, relying more on, on your perimeter and not going inside to the pain and maybe shooting threes more than you ever have before? Well, I think that's uh, something that, that uh, we've tried to do. But, you know, op opponents, you know, they scout, they scout you pretty good. And they know that they know when you don't have a an available post player in there, or, or you don't have your best post players on the floor and stuff like that. So obviously, you know, uh, they put more defensive pressure on the perimeter. They're not concerned about you know a post scoring if our top two or three kids are not available. And uh, so that's what we would like to do. But uh, I would, you know, I would would just like to get into a flow where we could have for say one month where we could have all of our players available and let's just see if we could get a little better because uh you know I'm not discouraged from, from because of our record because I I know and anyone that's on the inside knows uh it's because of a number of players that have been available now we've played some really good teams and we've played a lot of road games and that we had to finish a schedule when we got here. And that's just the way it fell this year. You know, you can't do anything about that. And uh, next year we'll have some, some more home games, but uh, you know, for us to try to, uh, you know, get any uh, footing uh, going, going forward, this is probably not the week to have that, to have a uh, Cal Baptist and, and Grand Canyon on your schedule back to back. But on the other hand, too, everyone is used. I use them as the benchmarks uh, for the league, uh, those three, and plus uh, Stephen F. So you can see if you're making any progress. And when you inherit a situation like I did, you have to uh, you have to make sure that you celebrate small victories. And uh, we're trying to do that. We're trying to continue to teach, and our kids have been very receptive. You got Faith Acker, a true freshman who's leading the team in scoring over 11 points a game. You know, with some of these injuries, I mean, what's what's impressed you about the way she's come in and really kind of, you know, she she pulled down 10 rebounds uh, in your last matchup against UTA about the way that she's kind of coming into her own? Well, I think Faith uh, coming out of high school, I mean, she had a lot of potential. And, uh, but you know what? Uh, if anybody remembers the great football coach at the University of Texas, Darrell Royal, his term was potential means you ain't done it yet. And she's not played at this level. She's never played, at, you know, where she got this much attention well, defensively. And so, but you look at Faith and she, at the beginning of the season, she missed almost three weeks with an injury. And then she had another one after we started playing. And she missed another two weeks. So she's behind there more than a month right now. And, uh, you know, that affects post players. It affects their conditioning. Uh, just when they can't get reps, you know, it really affects their game. But the time that she has been available, she's had some, you know, she's had some quarters where she's really played well. But she's facing the same thing that all freshmen face. When you're pretty good 
People are going to scout you. They're going to take away things and they're going to make you go to second and third options. And I just try to explain to our players that, you know, when anyone does that to you, that's a matter of respect. That's all it is. And uh, so that's happening some. Uh, she's got to learn to be a little more patient with herself. Things are just not going to come easy. And it's not going to come the same way every game. People are going to defend her in different ways. So that, and then she's having to learn that, you know, at this level, there is a premium put on defense. And, uh, you know, sometimes in high school, lots of kids, or most of the time in high school, uh, kids that play at this level, they were the top one or two players on their teams. And so if they didn't play great defense, they knew they were still going to play. Well, here you have to learn how to play team defense. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do. We're still teaching. We're probably doing stuff here that we still should have been doing, you know, back in the preseason because just we haven't had kids available. I mean, no kidding. Our numbers will fluctuate from three to four almost every other day. Wow. That's yeah, that's, a, that's what that's the way to that's what I would say when I walk in. Wow, this is all that's available today. And but, you know, as coaches, you can't you can't dwell on that. And you don't want to uh, ever let your kids use anything as an excuse. We got to play the hand that's been dealt. And uh, we're do, trying to do that the best that we can. And we're just trying to make daily improvement. You and UTRGV, I talked to Lane Lord about a couple weeks ago, and they're just crushed with injuries as well yes. right now. Um, we actually played them down at their place, you know, and it was an injured team versus an injured team. And, uh, you know, at times I'm sure that he and myself, we didn't know if we were going to have enough players to actually finish the games because uh, you look out there and you've got some players that – can't get up and down the floor like they usually do. And, man, they're giving good effort. They're just hurt. And, uh, you know, that goes back to a lot of things, though. Some of it is just bad luck. But sometimes it goes back also to preparation. It goes back to offseason, all of those things. And, uh, like, I didn't even – this year in the, into the summer, I had one player, one player on campus that could do a workout. Wow. So I'm sure there's people in the league going, you're kidding. No, that's what we're dealing with. And uh, so we're just trying to, you know, make daily improvements and try to keep teaching our kids and try to keep their spirits up. And so far they've been very, very receptive to what we're trying to do. You have someone like Jacoria Long, who I just learned about her background. She came from Blinn College and walked on. It was a, had a cheerleading scholarship there, and then walked onto the basketball team before obviously going full time to hoops. And, and a, just a really cool story there. And she's doing fairly well as well, over averaging over ten points a game. She has our highest single game scoring in the women's basketball. Uh, this season uh, with 34 when you guys played McNeese, I believe in December. Uh, what have you liked about, you know, her performance and just kind of being, you know, maybe an anchor a little bit for a team that's, you know, had so many injuries. Um, well, I, I think, you know, you stuff. look at Faith and then you look at uh, Jacoria. And uh, the thing that just jumps out at you about Jacoria is that her athleticism. She's very quick. She's very athletic. Uh, she just has to learn how to play at the proper pace. Sometimes she wants to go a hundred mile an hour when you need to be going about 50. And, but you know, that's learning the game. 
And she's been thrust into a role that's really not fair to her. I mean, she shouldn't have to be coming in here and starting. I mean, she should be able to play behind somebody and learn the game. And the same thing with Faith. We're looking at a freshman post player. She has zero people to play, to learn from. Zero. Everything that all I can do is tell her about stories of post players that I've coached and how they were at her age, you know, how they and in and, and that that is just not fair to those kids. But I knew what I was getting into. I knew what I inherited or did not inherit. And I could not ask for a group of kids that work as hard as they can when the ones that are available, they really do care about each other. We have really good team camaraderie. And, you know, and they're a pleasure to be around. I love going on the road with them. I don't have to worry about people embarrassing me. They're just great kids. And uh, so, and and I do get on to them a little bit about that. So you guys, act like a bunch of teddy bears you need to be more like a lion out on the floor <laughs> so you know and all that's a learning process but for what they've been thrown into and and the, from where they've come from the time we started in preseason till now the ones that have been available the most obviously have made the most improvement but uh i really really uh I hope that we hit a stretch here where we get most of our players back. And uh, if we do, I think we can make some progress. Now, I do not know if that's going to translate into any more W's than it is right now. I just don't know because, you know, everyone's in the same boat. I mean, everyone's trying to, you know, battle and do everything they can to get in that top eight. And there's going to be, there'll be some upsets here and some upsets there. But, you know, you just have to ride the course. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying not to let our highs get too high and our lows too low. We're trying to stay pretty even keel about it. And I, I'm just really happy with our kids' efforts and their attitudes. Anything else that I didn't mention um, that you wanted to highlight just based on, you know, anything about the the season or any great improvements that you've seen? I think I have everything for our package, but just wanted to, to No, ask. not not really, Kendra. We're just we're looking for some highlights. And uh, we're trying to work on that every day to just create more highlights. And uh, the thing that I, the thing that I can say is that even some in some some games that we've lost, we have been really, really close in this regard. Like going into the Stephen F game at the end of the third quarter, it was tied. Going into the Northwestern State game, there it was tied. At UTA the other night, we were down three at half. We come back and it was tied uh, at about the six-minute mark of the third quarter. And then they go on a 13-0 run. We got in a little foul trouble. Uh, Faith got two quick fouls. I gave her three for the game. Uh, tried to control it a little bit with a couple of timeouts. We just couldn't answer offensively. So, you know, in that regard, we have made some progress. I mean, you know. It, we just got to learn how to finish the deal. But the first thing you better do about teams this week that we're playing Cal Babis and Grand Canyon is that you better make sure you can score the basketball with them or you'll get left behind quick. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> 
Okay. All righty. Awesome. Good luck this week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kendra. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.